As we get ready to talk about the Word, I want to go back to a subject. We talked last week about having faith. That was just something the Lord laid on my heart. But I want to talk about the fear of the Lord. I want to talk about the fear of the Lord because fear can be unhealthy. Uh, if you have seen in the news a couple weeks ago, there was a daycare center called Little Blessings Child Care and Learning Center. And this was in Mississippi. And if you've seen the videos, you know what I'm talking about. It was a horrible situation where they had these little two-year-old kids at the table and they're getting ready to eat lunch and one of the daycare workers comes out with a Halloween mask and just starts screaming at these kids, scaring them to death. And they're just terrified. And as common sense, as people who know the frailty of children, you don't do that to a kid. It's just not right. And they said, well, they were just trying to teach them, you know, to, to be thankful for lunch and whatever excuse they had. And, and praise the Lord, most of them got fired for what they did. And, and, uh, but it was, it's a horrible thing. Now, that's the kind of fear that we think about when we think of fear. Being put in situations where we're so scared, we can't, we can't breathe, you know. You ever been in those situations? I remember just a few years ago, I was praying to the Lord, and I was, I was living in fear. I didn't, I didn't think I was, but I was. I was living in fear, and every action I did was a result of fear. And I remember just in my prayer time, I said, Lord, I can't see. I can't see it. And God's like, I'm going to be there for you, Pete. I got you. Just keep hanging on. Lord, I can't see it. I can't see it. And now I look back and I said, man, I, I couldn't see it, but I know it, that God is faithful. Sometimes we can't see things, and, and when we can't see things, we get afraid and we're terrified like these little children. Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain. Whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling is the same. People deal with fear all the time, but... As I spoke about a couple weeks ago, it is important for us to live in fear. It's important to live in fear. And I'm not talking the fear that, that overwhelms us and makes us afraid and terrified, but the fear of the Lord. Now, we know that the Bible teaches us not to live in fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. The Bible teaches us, though, we must be people who live in fear. Philippians 2.12 tells us that continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There is something important about living in fear, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Now, when fear is wrong, it keeps us from obeying what the Lord wants us to do. It keeps us from obeying what God wants us to do. When fear is wrong, it stops us from moving forward. But when fear is good, the fear of the Lord is good, it keeps us from doing wrong. It gives us respect to what God wants. It's important. That's like in Romans 3, 15, 18, sorry, 3, Romans 3, 18, it says there is no fear of God before their eyes. The reason why they kept sinning, and Paul is talking about their sinful behaviors, the reason why they kept sinning is because there was no fear of God before their eyes. Lacking fear in your life will lead you away from God and into sin. So we must be people who live in the fear of the Lord. And the general definition that I can come up with is this. It's a godly revelation that leads to humility and displays itself through obedience to the Lord. It's a godly revelation that leads to humility and displays itself through obedience to the Lord. 
And I talked about a couple weeks ago about the story of Peter. How Peter had a divine revelation of who Jesus was. And because of that revelation, he took on humility. And humility is simply the, the easiest definition I can come up from humility. Because if you look at some dictionaries, it would say, you know, how to be humble. Don't have pride in your life. Well, what do you do with that? And simply humility is this. You're not God. He is. Because pride is, he's God. Or pride says that I'm God. He's not. But humility says, you're God. I'm not. So that's all humility is. And when you have a divine revelation of who Jesus is, it causes us to recognize He's Lord. He's above all things. He is God. And it displays itself through obedience. So how do you live in the fear of the Lord? And I just want to give you three quick examples of how you live in the fear of the Lord. The first thing you do is it starts with your relationship with Jesus. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In order for you to have the fear of the Lord, it must start with your relationship with Jesus. As John said, we have seen His glory. We have seen His glory. As I was reading these books this last week on God is not great and and um, another book about the delusion of God. These are horrible books that talk about how God is not needed. And how he's just a myth that we make up. And he's, he's kind of like a little crutch that we use in order to get through life. Because if you really want to know your, your meaning in life, then you must look to the stars. And even one of the authors of the book that I read says, Don't be thanking Jesus for dying for you, you should thank the stars because if the stars didn't die, you wouldn't be here today because you get life from your star, from the sun. You are made up of stars. What kind of garbage is that? You should thank me for reading garbage like that so you don't have to. But Jesus, if when you know Him, when you have seen Him, when you have experienced who God is, there is no way you can be convinced that He is not real. When you know who He is, when you know Jesus, He becomes more real to you. And that's where it starts. Living in the fear of the Lord is your understanding of who Jesus is. Just like when Peter was asked to go out and fish, and he says, Master, we've tried, but we'll go ahead and do it. And once Peter realized who Jesus was after they caught all these fish, he said, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to be in your presence. It's the same experience that Isaiah had when he's in the temple and he sees the glory of God and you hide yourself in his presence. Why? Because you realize that he's God. It starts with your relationship with God. It starts with your understanding of who he is. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't live in the fear of the Lord, then you've never spent good quality time trying to seek him. Because I guarantee you, when you seek the Lord, you will find him. When you seek the Lord, He will reveal Himself to you. God is not wanting to hide Himself from you. God is not in the business of hiding Himself from you. He wants to show you who you are. But the problem people have with going deeper into the Lord is that God is going to meddle in your life. 
He's going to start picking in areas that are not right. He's going to start removing and telling you, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And it's not because he's a God of do's and don'ts. He's a God who wants an open and honest relationship with you. He's a God who wants a pure and righteous relationship with you. And when you allow things of sin to come in between you and him, it breaks that relationship. It puts a wedge in that relationship. I'm a very big believer in making sure that no one puts any wedges between me and my wife because the Bible says we are one. But if I allow my fears or if I allow my sin, if I allow my desires to come into my heart, it puts a wedge between me and her. And no longer do we have a a good relationship. We have a separated relationship. And the same thing is true with God. If you allow things to come into your life, things of sin, things of selfishness, things that are not bringing you closer to Him, then you are putting a wedge between you and God and you don't have that unique relationship that He wants with you. But when you say, okay, Father, I seek you. I'm going to seek you. All of a sudden, He'll remove those things and He'll help you with those things. And when you start to really get into His presence, you're going to experience Him. There is a reason why I know God exists. Even though these books that I read about the God delusion and God is not great, they have their opinions, they have their beliefs, but I know Him. You see, they don't have the Spirit of God inside of them that confirms the truth. I don't have to be living 2,000 years ago and be an eyewitness to Jesus Christ walking upon this earth because I have the witness inside of my heart. I know the truth. I know who He is. And that's when God reveals Himself to you your relationship starts to get deeper. That's why when you get to a worship song, you know, today we went old school, right? This is the day, this is the day. And yet I can worship God because I know the truth, not because we sang the latest, greatest song. You know, some of these songs today, it's like, you know, you need a degree in English in order to get through all the words, you know, reading them. But sometimes the simplicity of just knowing that this is the day that the Lord has made. We sang alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive. I know that. Not because I have been first witness to it, but because the Spirit of God is in us, in me, and I know it. That's why you must start with your relationship with the Lord. And when you start to press in, He is going to reveal Himself to you. He is going to do it through through experiences. He's going to do it through testing and trials and tribulations. And listen, when, when we are tested by God, it is not to make us fail. Not like those teachers who give you those tests knowing that you don't know anything on that paper, right? And you know, here, surprise quiz, pop quiz, back in the day, pop quiz. That was basically, you know, who really studied and who did it. And I failed those pop quizzes all the time. The test that God gives us is not so that we fail the test. It's to understand that the code is working, that the, the plan is working. Just like an engineer when he's, or a computer programmer, when he's running the code, he has to compile it. He has to run it in order to verify it to make sure that all of the lines are working together and that it produces what he wants the code to do. Sometimes God is testing us to help us see that the code's not right, that there's certain things in our life that aren't right, and we need to get rid of those things in order for us to move further into the Lord. And so he doesn't test you to fail you. He tests you so that you can see his hand working in your life. You can see his hand of favor upon your life. 
That's why it's so important to seek the Lord. So if you want to fear the Lord, you must start with your relationship. The second thing you must do is it must be a revelation from God. It must be a revelation from God. I can't tell you how to fear the Lord. I can't show you how to fear the Lord. I mean, you can look at my life and see, okay, he loves the Lord, he obeys the Lord, he, he must fear the Lord. But fear the Lord must be a re revelation from God. Just as the first part, we must work on our relationship with God. The second thing is we must have a revelation from God. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. I know some people read this verse and, oh man, God wants me to be a prophet so I can have the spirit of revelation. You know, I can be able to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I can tell you every detail of your life in the future. That's not what he's talking about. Paul says, I want you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want you to be in tune and in sync. You know, like those dish satellites, we got to point them to a certain direction in order for those things to receive the signal. God wants us to be in line and focused on Him so that we can receive the revelation that He gives us. And that revelation is to know Him better. Why do you think Paul says, all I want to know is Christ and Him crucified? I just want to know Jesus. All the things, all the degrees, all the accomplishments, all the things that I've ever did, they're garbage to me. I just want to know Him. And that's the exciting thing is that when you seek a revelation from God, He will reveal Himself. We must have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know Him better. Don't stop seeking. Don't be satisfied with your understanding of God. I want to know Him better. I want to know Him better. I want to know Him more. Even today, as, as I get up, and I'm going to get up on Monday morning, and I'm going to seek the Lord, I want to know Him better. I don't want to be satisfied with my knowledge of Him. I always want to be overwhelmed with God, because I believe this, that God will never disappoint when you seek Him. He will never disappoint. He loves it when you seek Him. I want to know Him better. But it must be a spirit of revelation so that we can know Him. And because of this, you will begin to understand who He is and that revelation will begin to change you. That revelation will begin to change you. So how do you live in the fear of the Lord? First, it's your relationship with God. Second, it's a revelation from God. And third, it must be an internal transformation that leads to external changes. It must be an internal transformation that leads to external changes. And what do I mean by this? James 2 tells us this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well, fed, but does not do anything about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. There must be an internal transformation of what God is doing in your life and it must be displayed externally. This is how you live in the fear of the Lord. With your deep understanding of your relationship with God, you got a deeper revelation of who He is and all of a sudden it must change you internally. 
It must begin to allow that change to happen internally. Because you can say all the right words, but it doesn't mean much. And that's what James is telling us. You can say you fear the Lord. You can say you love the Lord. You can say you have a revelation from the Lord. But if it's not being displayed in your life, what good is it? You must have a fear of the Lord that will cause an external change because of what's happening on the inside. Ephesians 5.8 tells us, For you were once darkness, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Live as children of the light. What is Paul saying? Let people see what God is doing inside. Let people see what God is doing inside of you. That's how you display your fruit. That's how you display the evidence of your fear of the Lord. We must begin to reflect goodness righteousness and truth and if the first thing out of you is disobedience or the first thing out of you is gossip or 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 slander or or you know the things that are your heart if they're not good righteousness and pure then it shows you what's inside work on number one your relationship with jesus then he'll give you a deeper revelation and then you'll start to be transformed from the inside out and if you if you can't display that then go back to number one. Work, be with Jesus. And then he'll give you a deeper revelation. And then you'll begin to show it externally. It is so important for us to understand why we must live in the fear of the Lord. And this is what we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. Because there are some awesome blessings that are tied to the fear of the Lord. But it must start with our relationship. It must be a revelation from God. And it must be in an internal transformation that displays itself to the world around us. It's easy to respond like the world, especially when they cut you off in your driving, right? Especially when they make you feel dumb because you didn't get something or because they talk bad about you at work or because they laugh at you because of what you believe. It's easy to respond like the world. It's easy to respond in selfishness and and ill will but let people see what god is doing in your life let people see what love and patience and kindness is let people see what graciousness is let people see who jesus is in your life so i encourage you this week work on step number one get in love with jesus once again just seek him Just find him and he will reveal himself to you and he'll start to change the things that are on the inside. If you don't like the way you speak or the words that you say or the actions that you do, it's because you got to get back to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you so much he's going to bring you to heaven with him. But he loves you so much that he is going to tell you what's wrong in your life right now because he wants that relationship with you. So I encourage you, Be people who live in the fear of the Lord. Amen.